Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. It's Garrett and Steve live from the Men of Iron headquarters. What's going on, Garrett? Not much, Stevie. Another podcast, another beautiful day here, another sunny day in... Manheim, Pennsylvania, the land of milk and honey. Man, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be here recording the Men of Iron podcast. Episode 15 is brought to you by Peaceful Valley Furniture, located in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, providing quality handcrafted furniture by Amish craftsmen. Go to PeacefulValleyFurniture.com to shop. Amish furniture, you can't beat it. (laughs) Doesn't get more Lancaster County than that. No, it doesn't. But we would love to welcome our guest today, Rodney L. Carter, Jr. Rodney is a pastor, leadership coach, and conference speaker. Rodney has received momentous invitations to preach across denominational lines, nationally and internationally. He currently serves at Worship Center on the Young Adults Core Leadership Team and serves at Lancaster Bible College as Director of Alumni Relations. Rodney, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm honored to be here. Man, he's a busy, busy man. Just I know. reading that bio. I tell you what, like pastor, leadership, coach, conference speaker. Ronnie, when do you sleep? Oh, I just love having fun, man. <laughs> love having fun, loving impacting lives for Christ, man. It's it's an awesome opportunity. Man, awesome. well, we are excited to have you. Me and Rodney go back a few years. We worked together at Lancaster Bible College, so we're honored to have him on. Yeah, I'm excited to have you, Rodney. Excited to hear your story and. Uh, yeah, from what I know about you, he's full of energy, man. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, we, before we get into Rodney's kind of uh, testimony and faith journey, we are going to put him on the hot seat. You ready for this? Uh-oh. Let's go. <laughs> Let's try it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is take five with Rodney Carter. So number one is, what is one of your favorite childhood memories? Ah, uh, one of my favorite childhood memories. That's a good one. I would say probably I had a family vacation with uh, my parents and my grandparents, and we went up to this place uh, called the Palms in Florida, and uh, my grandparents were gone, my parents left out, and so my sister and I had like the hotel to ourselves, and we just had a blast. I mean, like we took over it and called room service, and <laughs> wow. let's just say the bill was not favorable. <laughs> Well, we had a blast. Oh, that's funny, man. Rodney and his siblings were left home alone. That's yeah, well, dangerous. I guess there's worse things in the world, but... Oh, that's good stuff. If you're a kid, that's one of the best situations oh, yeah. you could find. Oh, there you to. go. There you go. Home alone. Yeah, you can't beat that. Carter edition. <laughs> All right, question number two for take five is, what's the greatest thing your father has taught you? Uh, I would say character and integrity. Be a man of character and integrity. Um... That probably is one of the top things he's taught me. Um, but then also, uh, he's a man of fashion, so he's the one who's taught me how to dress. So <laughs> I get I love get my love from suits all from my father. So oh, that's good yeah. stuff. I was t- once told you can uh, from a guy that he said I can learn a lot about a man by the way he dresses and particularly the shoes he wears. So, oh yeah, there you go. Now yeah. it's the socks. Now now right, the socks. Right, now right. yeah, there, there you go. We call it the sock ministry. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, my sock drawer is is it's bad, man. It's overflowing. Steve still has uh, white champion socks with holes in the. Toes. No, it's good in the sense that I got some stylish socks, but it's bad in the sense that it's it's a little too much. It's <laughs> uh, all right. Question number three is: Who is one of your favorite pastors or speakers? One of my favorite pastors or speakers. 
I say is for in regards to pastoring, uh, I actually have two, um, and they're very close to me um, in regards to just different styles of ministry, actually three, excuse me. Uh, so there is um, my godfather, uh, Bishop Alfred Owens in, uh, in Maryland. Um, my other mentor, Pastor John K. Jenkins uh, in First Baptist Church Glen Arden. And then also my current pastor, Pastor Mike Mylan. Uh He is truly a man uh, who loves to connect with other people and help grow people. Mm. And it's just been a blessing to have him as a senior pastor. That's awesome. Question number four for take five is, what is something not many people know about Rodney Carter Jr.? Oh, man. What is one thing a lot of people don't know about? <laughs> okay, so I got my driver's license at age 22 years old. <laughs> How about that? And so that Were was you that bad of a driver? Uh, that was that bad. Wow. I, that was that bad. So <laughs> let's just say that. Lancaster County, I watch out. <laughs> Jeez, man. Well, speaking of Lancaster County, this takes us to the final questions. What do you love about living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Mm, the whoopie pies. <laughs> There you go, man. I love it. I love it. What kind in particular? Are you like traditional chocolate with the I'm vanilla? traditional chocolate. Mm -hmm. The white icing. All right. Yeah. I, like, I like the pumpkin whoopie pies. Dude, I heard that there was like a fair or something just with whoopie pies. There is. I want to go. I want to try it that out. It just happened, I think, a couple months ago. Is that right? Yeah, whoopie pie festival. Wow. Where was that? I think it's in, uh, it's like outside of Strasburg, over by like. Um, Sight and Sound Theaters. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Did not know that. Whoopie Pie Festival. That is Lancaster County right there. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> hardcore. Well, Rodney, man, you survived the hot seat. You survived take five. You all right? You need some water? I'm good, man. That was that was tough. <laughs> I think we went pretty easy on them. Yeah, those yeah. weren't too, too that bad. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> well, Rodney, we'd love to get into kind of hearing your story, your faith journey. We'd love to hear, you know, what God's done in your life and... Mm -hmm what he's continuing to do in your life. Awesome, man. Uh, well, I grew up uh, in Maryland, right outside Washington, D.C., and uh, both of my grandfathers were pastors. Uh, one was a Baptist pastor, and the other was a Pentecostal. And so that was interesting growing up with two different denominations. <laughs> so I said I grew up Baptocostal, as they say. Baptocostal. And, and so uh, my father was a deacon at the church, and my mother was active in ministry as well. So I grew up within the church, and uh, one of my grandfathers was a uh, professor as well. And so just growing up, learning about scripture at a very young age, about really the heart of God and the simple gospel. That's what my grandfather's instilled at me at a very young age. And so that, actually at the age of five years old, I gave my heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And because the, the, the reason why, because I really felt, okay, someone really loves me. Mm -hmm. And that was the essence of the gospel. The, the love of Christ. And so because of that, I gave my heart to the Lord at age five and just started having a heart for people at a young age, seeing my grandfather's ministering and encouraging others and seeing my father and my mother just continue to be active in the church. I felt a call upon God myself to start preaching. So age seven years old, I had my first opportunity to go out and preach wow. uh, and uh, just been just been excited to continue to do that. And uh, growing up, you always have your your, uh, your obstacles in life. And so growing up, I had a lot of, lot of bullies in life because um, I made up in my mind I wasn't going to compromise certain things. And so because of my, my heart for God and the examples that I had of my grandfathers and my dad and just the, the, the words of wisdom they instilled in my life, uh, there was just certain places I weren't going to go. I, I wasn't going to drink. I wasn't going to have sex out of marriage. And because of that, I, he, they instilled that in my life. So I went through a lot of peer pressure, a lot of bullying growing up, but 
God's been faithful to allow me to use everything I went to to use it as my story. Mm -hmm. And so it's been great to be able to grow up with my father in the home. And uh, it's just been encouraging to have that as a part of my faith walk. Hmm. Yeah. Man, that's phenomenal. Man, at age seven, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't preaching. I'm pretty sure I was picking my nose. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't preaching, I can tell you. Oh, man. That's incredible. Rodney, I'd like to just kind of go off of that a little Mm -hmm. bit. I mean, even at the young age of seven, you, you, you feel this calling, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you know that maybe God's called you to be somebody different. I mean, Mm -hmm. what did, what did that look like as a child, as far as, you know, the first time that you, you preach your first sermon Mm -hmm. to what did that look like growing Mm -hmm. into uh, young teenager, teenage years? I mean, Mm -hmm. what, what did that transform into as far as your ability to communicate God's word and the gospel? What did that look like? Well, I will be honest. When I was seven years old, I was preaching Genesis to Revelations. (laughs) So thank the Lord for school. Thank the Lord for training. Um, But, my father was very influential, and my parents were very influential in my life in regards to nurturing the call of my life. Um, and so my father was like, hey, I want, number one, I want you to be a, I want you to be a young man. <laughs> I want you to be a kid. Understand that. That's first. I want, you to, I want you to do that. So he tried to get me in every sport. I played basketball, played football, got hit, and that was it. I played baseball. I tried all the different sports. Uh, but uh, my heart was truly for the church. My heart was truly for ministry. And so then growing up... Um, how my how the, my my desire continued to grow was just my desire to connect with other people and just hearing their story and just seeing how God was just forming their lives and and how can I encourage them in that and so that's been part of my formative years. That's good stuff, man. That's yeah. awesome. So tell us a little bit about what I mean. What brought you to uh, Lancaster? What brought you to Worship Center? Lancaster Bible College? Mm-hmm. How did all these pieces play a role in your life? Yeah, well, man, it actually all started back in Maryland. I was actually at a place called Washington Bible College. Both of my grandfathers went there, and I was excited about being at that school. Um, and I was the student government president at that school, and. I said, I'm going to graduate here. I'm going to go to Dallas Theological Seminary. This, I have my life planned out. This is what I'm going to do. But I've stopped planning my life because every time I plan, <laughs> God ends up giving me a curveball. Uh, but it was exciting to be at that school. And um, the president called me in his office and said, hey, our school's getting ready to close. We're getting ready to merge with a school called Lancaster Bible College. And I didn't know what Lancaster Bible College was. All I heard about Lancaster was sight and sound. Yeah. <laughs> and so and whoopie pies. And whoopie pies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so, man, uh, I was able to come up here uh, in January 2013 as a student, uh, which is very active in the school, and thoroughly enjoyed my experience there. I was able to get a great Bible education while getting a great college experience at the same time. And so... Uh, just right after school, I served, actually, while I was a student, I was the SGA president, the student government president, and uh, started working shortly right afterwards. Graduation was in May. I started working in June uh, as the director of alumni. And um, while I was a student here, I was going to worship centers, young adults ministry called The Living Room. Uh, we have about 600 young adults coming together mm. all the time, man, just worshiping God literally every single Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was... My first time there, I saw young adults on their knees worshiping God, encouraging one another. And just the fire of God was very strong at the place. The presence of God was very evident. And I'm like, this is where I belong. Mm -hmm. And so connecting and being able to serve there has just been a joy of mine and being connected to Worship Center uh, because they are truly, truly helping people to experience God 
grow together in community and be able to serve the world. Yeah, what a what a story. I mean, for our listeners and viewers, if if you ever get a chance to kind of hear the the story of the worship center, uh, where it started, where yes. it began, and and how Sam Smucker, how God used him to. Uh, grow that church yes. and expand the ministry through uh, and expand the kingdom through what they were doing. Uh, it's it's quite a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal journey that church has been through. Yeah, it's it's truly truly a family oriented ministry, uh, a ministry that really helps want to help propel people closer to Christ, but also into your purpose and destiny. So it's been a great opportunity to be at that church and serve. That's awesome. It's Good awesome. for you. Yeah, we'd love to uh, kind of expand on talking about, you know, you talked a little bit about your father and the impact mm-hmm. he had on your life. We'd love to see how his his life and impact on your life kind of led you into ministry. You know, you talked about, you know, preaching at seven years old. So mm-hmm. obviously that's a huge influence in, in the, going into ministry and the man you are today. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny because I actually didn't grow up being a PK. I actually grew up being a PG, <laughs> pastor's grandson, because <laughs> my father actually was a deacon at the time, actually okay. running away from the call to pastor. Hmm. And uh, he had the calling on his life. And actually, my father is actually, excuse me, literally this year celebrated four years as a senior pastor of his church back in Washington, D.C. Wow. And so uh, I actually started preaching before my dad, uh, hmm. and he nurtured the call on my life. And, um, and it just impacted me. But I would say even though he didn't have the position or the title as, of a pastor, he was really already shepherding people. Mm. I mean, his heart is really to care for people, meet them where they are, help them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, stand beside them while they're in crisis situations and provide pastoral care. And so because of that, uh, that really gave me a sensitive heart. Um, one of the things that in regards to like impact and influence from my father, I'll say my father's number one has taught me uh, basically how to be a husband. I'm not married yet, but he's already taught me that just the way he treats my mother, uh, the way he cares for her, uh, the way he values her as a woman of God and be able to encourage her. My parents have been married now for 36 years mm-hmm. and have not had a separation uh, encouraging other people in their marriages. And so that's just been uh, one of the things I've loved to be able to just see the model of marriage before me, the way he treats my mother, opened up the door for her, just the simple things. I mean, it, it's awesome to be able to have that in your house. And so another another uh, thing he's taught me is also how to be a family man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my father has really instilled so much in my life, walked alongside me as a young man. Uh, but also I have a special needs sister. And so uh, to see how he's able to balance family, ministry, it's just, it's just phenomenal. He's truly been graced with it and understanding families first, mm. your families first. And so he's instilled that in my life. And, uh, and with that, he also has cared with it because my grandfather lived three houses down from us. Mm. And uh, he had a stroke about 10 years ago. And so at the time before my grandfather passing, for 10 years, my father took care of our house and took care of my grandfather. Mm. My grandfather was in a wheelchair mm. and literally was taking care of both houses and taking care of the church. Wow. So he really showed me how to be a selfless man, mm. how to give of yourself, how to serve others. And, uh, and I think that's very vital and very important. And then he also taught me how to walk in integrity and character in your walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the things he really instilled with me is like, Rodney, if you don't say anything else, people are going to read your life, read the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. And so live your life with character and integrity. So that's some of the great things he's instilled. That's incredible. That's phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about um, 
this this next generation of young adults. Hmm. You know, they, it's I, I look at it from the standpoint of you know you maybe it's whether it's in the media or uh, the culture that we're living in today the the generation of millennials i guess we'll mm-hmm. call them and mm-hmm. what's the next one down below them is generation is it y? yeah well, generation y generation yeah. y um you know they're, they're they're kind of getting a a a bad rap if you will mm-hmm. um and and i don't see it that way mm-hmm. uh, i actually see this next two generations coming up as um generations that really um have potential and great potential in the kingdom in particular. And I see this generation um, being a little bit more focused on uh, doing things of significance mm-hmm. rather than maybe taking a career that's going to make them a lot of money. They'd, they'd rather be uh, at peace and content with what they're doing and the impact that they're making rather than the money that they're making. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what your experience is like working with uh, ministries like the living room at, at the worship center with young mm-hmm. adults, but um, Maybe tie into because, and, and maybe this is where I want to go with it. What I'm seeing and what we're seeing as an organization, particularly for men, uh, with men's mentorship, is this whole idea of um, this millennial generation, Generation Y, is desperately, desperately, desperately hungry for mentorship. They are desperately hungry for. Um, uh, wisdom, advice mm-hmm. uh, from the older generation, but they're they're kind of tired of this big group stuff. They want to get real. They want to sit across the table from yeah. somebody, and they want to be transparent. They want to be um, authentic. Mm-hmm. They want to be challenged, and that's not necessarily maybe the reputation that they're known for from culture's perspective is that they're selfish. They don't know how to work, but yet that's not what we're finding as an organization, as a ministry. We're actually finding that complete opposite is they actually want to be challenged. They yeah. want to respond well to that. I don't know what your experience has been with that and working with the young adults at worship center. Uh, but, but what, yeah, tell, talk a little bit about that. One of the things we instill at worship center, especially the young adults ministry is one-to-ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you really investing in others? And the best way to do is one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great for us to come into this great environment with every, with 600 young adults and worshiping together and being in small groups. But it's really about the one-to-one that you're able to be intentional with your conversation. Be intentional to ask them, how is your walk with Jesus Christ? What are you struggling with? How can I encourage you? And I believe that's vital. One of the things I'm a strong component of is basically being a student. Always being a student. Sitting at the feet of those who have gone before you. Uh, I'm grateful to have mentors in every area of my life. Uh, and dip- and they're different ones, some for ministry, some for pastoral ministry, some for finances, some for this area, that area. And I, and I, and I have to sit down because the reality is I would never continue to grow as a man of God if I don't sit and learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what our generation is just hungry for. Someone to just say, hey, I want to sit alongside you and journey with you. Uh, there's one thing to say, OK, this is what I want you to do. But there's, it's, it's also better to have someone to walk alongside you and say, hey, this is how you handle this situation or, or encourage you in the midst of the storm. I don't want someone to just be with me before I go in the storm or when I come out the storm, but be with me while I'm in it. That's good and stuff. so I think that's what this generation is really looking for. That's good stuff. I, I think that even speaks into the lives of men, too. I think us as men, we crave that, too. We, yeah. we're, I think we're quick to kind of shut that out and, and not want to get vulnerable and, and have that relationship with another man. But I think we definitely crave that, too, yeah. somebody to walk alongside us. You've talked, maybe Rodney, a little bit about this this generation. I mean, we've seen 
both in, in our lives, me and Steve, but mm -hmm. you just talked about how two men or three three men your grandfathers and, and your father how they took time to invest into you and the impact that's made on your life if if we've got a listener out there a viewer maybe they're watching this on social media wherever they are mm -hmm. um and you could encourage them to um maybe pour into the lives invest their time to pour into the life of another younger man uh, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them? And, and why would you say to them, hey, you need to do this? Mm -hmm. One thing I would say, if, if you're pouring into another young man, um, while the young man is coming to hear your wisdom, I would encourage you to also listen to the young man. Uh, because I think that's vital. Uh, because uh, wisdom is great. But a wisdom that is added towards a situation that a young man is going currently going through is it is it's major. Mm. Um, I, I would say one of the things I have learned that my father instilled with me is, whenever you're around someone who's older than you, you don't talk, mm. you listen. Mm. Uh, but I'm grateful for while I've been able to do that, my mentors have said, Rodney, talk to me, tell me what you're going through, how is your walk going, and they've been able to not only really just just hear me, but they've been able to listen mm. and, and apply uh, their wisdom to my situation. And so that's been helpful for me to say, okay, this is how I need to apply that wisdom to my life. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. What would you say right now? I mean, so, you know, we're, we're entering a time now where many of our protégés um, in our Strong 27 ministry, they're in their 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are, you know, maybe just out of college, just starting their careers, maybe they're just getting married, just starting families, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, I mean, you're, you're going all over the nation, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're coaching people, you're, you're speaking, you're, you're, you're ministering to people. But in particular with that generation, 20s, maybe even early 30s, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing them in their lives right now? I think one of the biggest things, and out, and just to be honest, uh, it's, this is one thing I've had to learn is become vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things the enemy wants to do is to keep us from telling the full truth <laughs> and not open ourselves up as, and, and, and be honest, that's hard for us as men is to really be vulnerable, right. to open up and just say, hey man, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. And I want to encourage um, every young man, every protege, hey man, be open, be vulnerable, mm -hmm. because the reality is freeing. Because it was in those moments where I was able to open up to my mentor to a whole other level and be vulnerable about my struggles and my insecurities. That's when I started to see the most healing and the most victory. Okay. Uh, and so that's one of the major things I would encourage. Be vulnerable and don't be afraid to tell your story to someone else. Everyone loves to hear the good story. But let's hear the thing that you were struggling with right. and how you overcame and, and I believe that's really going to impact others and encourage others. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's hard as men to kind of admit that you haven't lived up to the man you want to be. Mm -hmm. To actually, like, tell somebody else that, listen, like, I'm not leading my wife well or I'm not leading well in my job or I'm not, you know, leading my kids well. It's tough to actually, you know it in your heart, but to actually sit across the table from a guy and yeah. admit that. You know, and I think maybe it's even easier. Maybe it's not as hard, Steve, maybe to admit that you're not leading well. It's maybe even harder, though, to be brutally honest about some of the, um, you know, the, some of the sin that might may bring us more shame in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's where it's yeah. that's mm -hmm. where it's a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. to, you know, and, and there's, I've always heard it said, you know, like, 
there's there's something about secrets that's in the dark. Like there's yeah. just something about that that the enemy likes. Yeah, uh, you know things that are in the dark. Uh, the enemy likes to play with that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's easy for us to, you know, just to kind of not tell the whole truth. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's what you're touching on, mm-hmm. and because there's a difference between opening up to somebody and talking about your life, but yet there's another level of that. Mm-hmm. There's another. There's a deeper level to being a hundred percent transparent and saying no like these are my thoughts yeah (laughs) um because i think if we're all honest here like we would admit that you've got some thoughts that you're like boy that's a little demented yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah it's it's uh it's it's certainly a journey to be a man and and i think particular right now this this generation ronnie maybe that you're ministering to the most right now uh, i just see a uh challenges that they are facing that mm-hmm. generations before them did not have to mm-hmm. worry about mm-hmm. and, and don't really have an understanding of. Yeah. So that's why I asked you that question of like, what do you see as these biggest challenges facing this generation? So Yeah, and I think one of the big things is, and I was just processing this before I came, is growing up I used to hear, okay, you need to be a good Christian, be a good Christian. But one of the things I'm hearing now is how to be a godly man. And, and understanding we don't need more Christian boys, we need more godly men. Mm-hmm. And good men aren't necessarily godly men, yep. but godly men are inevitably or undoubtedly good, uh, good men. And so I think that's one of the things that needs to be instilled is, okay, let's look at, look at David. David was a man after God's own heart, but this dude struggled so much and murdered people, but yet he was a man after God's own heart because he was willing to be vulnerable. He was willing to be upfront. And... The reality is we, we just have to be open to God and say, okay, God, if you're going to come in my life, I want to give you all of me. And so I, I love inviting students to my house, young guys that I mentor, and I love inviting them over to my house, watch games, play Xbox. And I was inviting some guys over, and one of the guys uh, kind of got a little smart with me. He said, hey, Rodney, um, can I talk with you? And uh, I said, yeah, man. He said, uh, whenever you invite us over, you say we have full reign over the whole house. We're going to have fun and everything. And uh, but you close one door in your your house and you say we can't go in that room. So that means I don't have full reign over the whole house. And I'm like, OK, yeah, you're getting smart. <laughs> but but isn't that the same thing we do to God sometimes? Mm. And even in our mentorships, uh, we, we say, OK, I, I'll open up to what I want to open up to. But this is the area I don't want you to see. Yep. Yeah. But I think as soon as we open that door and allow God to come in, that's when we will start seeing true transformation mm. in our lives. Man. That's good. That's real good. I think we need Rodney to speak at our next mentor protege training. Yeah, probably. It'd probably be a good thing. Probably be a good thing. Rodney, what's what's your experience right now? Um, you know, we we as a ministry have kind of identified the the spiritual disciplines, and and we know there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. and and we give credit to them all. I mean, we we think that they're all very important. But when we looked at it as an organization, we said, but what are the ones that we really want to drive home with mentors and protégés? We've identified like God's word. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got to be in God's word. We've mm-hmm. got to do more than just read it. You've mm-hmm. got to understand it. You've got to understand the context. Yeah. You've got to, you know, maybe to a certain extent, memorize it, let mm-hmm. it become part of your thought process, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's more than just a reading of God's word, but it's a study of God's word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one of the spiritual disciplines. Uh, we've chosen prayer, you mm-hmm. know, and, and whether that's, um, you know, uh, your own prayer life or praying with your family or, yeah. or leading your family in prayer. But, but we're looking at, man, the uh, ability to communicate with God and understand that he is our father. He mm-hmm. 
not only wants to, uh, you know, just hear from us, but he wants to truly commune with us. He yeah. wants us to hear him as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third one, which kind of ties into that uh, communion, is, is the solitude. Yeah. Being able to disengage mm-hmm. from everything that culture is throwing at us, all the tasks and duties that we have to do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, mm-hmm. uh, pausing, limiting the distractions, and, and whether it's sitting by a river, mm-hmm. whether it's sitting up in a tree, wherever yeah. it may be, but, but to, to be in creation, to be in his creation, and to just pause and to reflect on the blessings, um, and, but also using that time of pausing and, and quieting your soul to, to listen and mm-hmm. to hear what, what he's doing. Those are the three spiritual disciplines that we're really driving of God's word, prayer, and solitude. If, what, what did those things look like maybe in, in your life and, and how to, what, what does your time in, in each of those look like uh, from a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? I'd say uh, in regards to my devotional life, sometimes it changes based upon seasons. Uh, some seasons I'm, I have this, this schedule uh, with my time, my devotional time, or sometimes it, it will shift. Uh, but I would say, number one, I'm I'm actually going through Proverbs, and I'm also going through uh, the Gospels right now. So I'm at least read one Gospel, and I also read one Proverbs in this season right now. And um, what I'm doing with that is, okay, I'm sitting back, I'm reading, I meditate on it. Okay, God, what are you saying to me through this particular text right now? Uh, and to be honest, my generation, we don't like silence. <laughs> we don't. When I first started doing, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, is yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is not going to work. I can hear the crickets and everything. Um, but it was in those those still moments that I was really able to really commune with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I then get into my moments of praying. Um, and to be honest, because of my schedule, it's just so many things. I'm like, okay, God. I need to write down what I need to talk to you about. Mm. And I need to write down those things I'm thankful for. Mm. And I usually make sure that my thankful list is much larger than my petition list. <laughs> <laughs> and because and that allows me to be more grateful in the seasons, whatever, whatever season I'm in. To understand, okay, God, you've been with me through the good and the bad seasons. Right. And um, in, in regards to uh, solitude, uh, there are moments when I have to take a retreat just a day retreat. I always make sure every week I have at least five hours where it's just me and God. Mm-hmm. Um, just quiet. I mean, I don't, I don't connect with other people. And it's in those moments I usually study, prepare for a sermon or a speech or whatever. But it's in those moments I have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, at first I was just saying, okay, God, we, we got 15 minutes. That's it. Okay. That's, that's all. <laughs> or I got five minutes. I, uh, I'm tired this morning. Mm-hmm. And I got into that pattern and I'm like, okay, God, I am, I'm doing this out of, because I think you, you require this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it because of my, my heart. Yeah. And, and one thing I've learned is there, it is possible that you can have devotions and devotions and not have devotion. Mm-hmm. Because devotions is a limited appointment with God. But devotions are saying, okay, God, that's what I understand where the scripture says, praying at all times, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And so I had to shift my perspective to say, okay, God, I'm not going to give you a, just a limited appointment. I'm going to live this out daily. I'm constantly going to be getting my word. There's a moment where I could just sit down and just pull out my, my, my Bible app and just read scripture and just meditate. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so because I, God really dealt with me, that, that really changed my perspective mm-hmm. on how to approach 
my devotional life. That's good stuff. That's so good. Yeah, That's good stuff. I think it's it's true that we don't like silence in the sense that there's. I mean, we always have stuff going on. It's you know, yeah. TV, music, kids. It's it, there's always noise, but mm-hmm. that silence is golden when you actually take the time to unplug and turn everything off and just sit in silence with God. It's yeah. it's awesome. It's good stuff, man. Well. Rodney, man, we thank you for coming in and kind of sharing a little bit about your story. And um, man, yeah, I'm just I'm inspired by young guys that are on fire for the Lord and and uh, doing His work. And um, and we know that uh, the kingdom needs more young guys like you yeah. to to impact the next generation coming up through. So keep up the great work. Well, I appreciate it. And I have watched Men of Iron from afar and and gotten a lot to uh, get, got to know a Men of Iron through Stevie. And so it's been great to be able to just. Uh, see what you're doing. I truly believe uh, the enemy is really trying to attack our men hmm. uh, because we hope to see for the next generation. Yep. And so to see how you all are invested and in pouring into not only uh, the previous generation, but the current generation and just making sure that we are raising up godly men that are making an impact for Jesus Christ, that gets me fired up. So I'm grateful for you guys and for the ministry of Men of Iron. Oh, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Again, it was an honor to have you, Rodney. Um, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, man, yeah, good, good, good stuff. Even though we had a couple technical problems. Too. Yeah, we lost camera number one, so now you got the now you got the room shot of all three of us. <laughs> Still look good. <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll end this with what's going on with Men of Iron next week. G is the extra give. I know it's so hard to believe the man. extra give is uh, officially a week. No, I guess we're about a week and a, a day. Week. Yeah, well, Rodney at LBC he knows all about the extraordinary gift. Oh, oh yeah, man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a great Bible time. College, Men of Iron, two great organizations yeah, so, to give to. There you so go. while we can, let's plug them both. Men of Iron, LBC, go give <laughs> on November 16th. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Hey, yeah, we are, uh, for those listening we're and watching even, uh, we are trying to raise $100,000 mm-hmm. in 24 hours. And um, I'd love to smash that goal, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. But, uh, man, we would just be very appreciative uh, of all your support out there and have been so grateful for everybody up to this point that has continued to support the ministry financially. And so, um, yeah, give big and give extra. Yeah, and on that note, we are still looking for volunteers next Friday, November 16th, here at Man- or, uh, yeah, in Mannheim at our Men of Iron headquarters. And we are doing an event in Canton, Ohio, too, at our Men of Iron office in Ohio. Yes. So if you want to get plugged in and help raise $100,000, um, you can find us on menofiron.org backslash extra give. And for all the Ohio guys, it's backslash extra give Ohio. Yes. And please understand that those of you in New Jersey as well. Um, so we have over $40,000 in matches mm-hmm. wow. so far before wow. the event even starts. And um, one of the matches that we got is actually in New Jersey. Awesome. And so uh, our amazing advocate down there said, if we can raise, if Men of Iron can raise $15,000 from advocates in New Jersey, um, he will give a $15,000 match. So wow. New Jersey folk, we need you to step up and step up big and uh, help us get that $15,000 match. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it's Apple Podcasts now. It's not iTunes. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Oh, Apple wow. Podcasts. <laughs> well, on, if, you, if you look on your phone, you go to you go to Apple Podcasts app. So, That's yeah. True. And we are now on Google Play and Spotify. Watch out. Stevie moving up in the Man. world. There you go. So, for all you Android users, go find us on Google Play. And Spotify is actually, they have a great podcast resource now. They just recently got into the podcast game. But, yeah, I love it. So you can find us on there and go leave a five-star review. 
You can find us at menofiron.org, MOI podcast as well to uh, find all those links. Good stuff, man. Well, Rodney, thank you again, man. Keep up the great work. Steve, you thanks for all your work you're doing for Men of Iron as well. And, uh, yeah, man, this is it. Signing off. All right, boys. See you later.